I'm, I'm sorry, Purvis. Can you repeat that? <laughs> said, fuck it, we're doing it live. Oh, hello, hello, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to the Unpaid Nobody's Podcast. Purvis, how are you? How's your week? We're good, vibing. Still out of school on summer break. Yeah. A short little summer break, and, you know, I actually feel at peace. <laughs> yeah, that's great. But most importantly, how do you feel? Oh, you know, man. Another. Another week. It's a it's an important week, but uh. And why is this an important week, sir? Shut the fuck up, Travis. I turned thirty. <laughs> I, I turned thirty in like five hours. <laughs> At time of recording, when you when you hear this, I I I will have been thirty or not. I might not make it. I guess. <laughs> you. Well, you passed the twenty seven club, and that was the benchmark that we set. Yeah, that was the benchmark. That's the thing everyone always thought. So, listen, I did not think I'd make it this year, this this far. Like, <laughs> these are all what Let I like to go. call bonus years. That's why I'm treating them so good. <laughs> You're starting to clean up all your uh, all your uh, loops in. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, oh, Mary, Mary Kendrick Eve. Yes, yeah. it is a Mary Kendrick Eve. This is the last time you will hear me, and I won't be unbearable. Yeah, we're going to be really like annoying. You're going to be able to tolerate next... now, but afterwards, yeah. How many podcasts in a row do you think we're going to go with talking about Kendrick Lamar? We have to put a cut on next week, at, at the most. <laughs> That'll be three in a row. <laughs> like, But, like, not necessarily, like, main <laughs> topics, but, like... Oh, this is going to have a longer yeah. effect than, like, the Kanye was at the beginning of the podcast. Like, yeah. Oh, you yeah. You know, like, oh, Kanye's in this week. No, Kendrick's yeah. going to be in this week. Every yeah, week. this is going to be. Yeah, we're kind of doing a Kendrick trilogy because next week we're going to do we're going to do a breakdown of Mr. Morale and the Big Stepper. Man, I can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm Man. so excited. What, what else is there to say now? Like, we, we don't um, have we don't have a track list. It drops in hours. Like, it literally will be dropping. Because Kendrick, he, he, he texted me. And he was like, yo, bro. And I'm like, Shut up. I'm like what's <laughs> up, friend? And he was like, yo, I got something for you for your 30th. And I'm like, what is it? And he's like, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. <laughs> Brandon, either one of us somehow make a connection. But we can get this stuff early. Jesus Christ. Like... If you don't show that to me, I will I will find you and hunt you down. Yeah, I'm aware. I'm aware. <laughs> I have a gun prepared <laughs> for that. When, when Diamond was coming out, I literally sent you the playlist. Early. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that feels like so long ago. And yet it was like six months ago. It was like, what? Like, well, Donda 2 was like three months. months ago. Well, we don't, we don't talk about Yeah, the first Donda was probably like six, was seven months ago. <laughs> Man, honestly, legendary fall we had. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was. All right, so let's talk about let's talk about the the two music videos that are not related to our main topic, and then we'll do the one that is. I'm excited about all this. Yeah, definitely. Life of the Party came out right. Like, I'm not being gaslit. Like, I saw that on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it was the video. It has very. It's like the changing face video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I don't know why you chose that, but I mean, yeah, it is cool. interesting. It is. 
first off, like, it's a very different effect than the one in the Kendrick video. Yes. Like, it does not look like a, like he was stealing an idea or anything. Barely even looks like. No, and it actually came out very yeah. similar time. Which yeah, is it weird. Just, yeah, that's the thing, right? It's it just two things that with a very very strong similarity that came out at the same time. Yeah, with this one, he's taking multiple photos throughout his childhood. Yeah, and he's like creating an effect where it's like a live photo. Yeah, it's he's like, singing along. It's like he's deep faking his face onto the photo. Whereas, like, right. Kendrick is deep faking other people's faces onto him. So, like, it's a different right. use of the same technology. Which is, like, you know, now, fundamentally a different thing, in my opinion. No, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's a similar concept, which is why it's interesting. Yeah. Both do that at the same time, but different enough where they have. Yeah. Um, I just want to ask, I guess, for Life of the Party, this didn't come out right away. This came out with, like, the deluxe version of Donovan. How did he not put Andre 3000? In the video, right? Right. In the video, how do you not make the first cut? Like, this song is amazing. Yeah. It is weird that he didn't put Andre 3000 in it. But uh, you know who's in right. another video? Very tenuous pivot. Uh, <laughs> Vic Mensa. With... <laughs> He's in the Chance the Rapper video. So tell me why I shouldn't burn down Cook County right now. I uh, it's like, it's I a, they're back. They're back, baby. Dude, dude. These dude, are my I'm favorite so guys. These like, are like my two favorite dudes. This is us if we were rappers. Yeah, one hundred percent. I'm Vic, obviously. Like, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, and I'm Chance the, the Christian. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. No, this is super exciting. It's, it's it's fun to have him back. Yeah. And the lyrics are not out. Yeah, I heard, I saw the 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 little bit, and it was yeah. it was great. Like it was like a really good like little snippet. Uh to be honest, I think it impressed me more than the snippets for Child of God. And like, it's I, just because it was upbeat. Yeah, probably. Yeah, th- that's definitely a possibility. One hundred percent. I. Uh, but I do like him. Both. But yeah, uh, but and I loved Child of God when it came out. Like, still one of the better tracks of the year. Oh, you already know I have it up. It's like, yeah, it, that that probably won't last long. Yeah, but, um... it's <laughs> dude. It's a dude. It's a hell of a year already. Like, it is tough, <laughs> dude. Like, first off, like Pusha T. Jesus Christ! Fucking the weekend. Oh, We've had so. So many, so many. Uh, oh, we had a Dreamville release. Yeah, we had Futures release. Which, by the way, I've gone back a couple times. It is surprisingly like good. You know, like, I it's easy to listen to the it. the the consensus is that it's definitely a better Future album than most of them. Right. Yeah. That's... Like, I feel like every time I listen to a new Future, it's like, okay, I'm here for the vibes. Like we know that. Yeah. But like, yeah, some I, of the lyrics are actually pretty well done. I don't know if I've heard that per se, but I've heard that this is one of his better albums for sure. So that's one of the ones. It's in my queue. I'll get to it. I got a lot of time off this weekend, so I'll probably listen to it at some point. Psych. <laughs> 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 but 
I mean, I've been texting you. I've been. Yes, I know. I've been getting. Yeah, at any given time. I'm waking up at 2 a.m. And it's just like. (laughs) And I'm like, Purvis, I don't I don't think you're smoking on the do or the whatever. It's like. I don't think you're puffing on the zooties, Purvis. Or you are. I, the, the funny thing is, that song's not even one of the better songs. About yeah. <laughs> what did I take? Oh, my God. <laughs> but I, when I texted you, I was like, next time you're having sex, you need to, you need to do the course of this future song. Yeah. And I promise you, you're going to love it. Yeah, no, that's just wrong. That's just not correct. That was, that's not true. Oh my god! Look, man. All right, just gonna try to use it. So, let's let's get let's get to the video everyone's been talking about. It's dominated the week. So Kendrick dropped the video for the Heart Part Five, as like the tradition. The week before he drops his album, he drops a heart single. And this one came with a video, and it's a striking one. It's a it's a doozy. What do you want to start? Do you want to start an actual song or on a video? <sighs> Let's start with the song. So, my my first thing is like I saw it with the video, just because like when I um, I was on my computer when it dropped, and I just saw the video. So like, why wouldn't you just watch it with the video? And I think I saw like a text, like a tweet or something. I think from Denzel Curry. It was like, I just watched the video, mind blown, mind blown, mind blown. I'm like, okay, time, time to watch. <laughs> like, right. And my, fir- my first thing is that, like, for an experience that was, like, just so visual, the song holds up on its own very well. I've been listening to it constantly this week. Yeah, he came, like, right off the jump with some very, like, deep, meaningful lyrics. Yeah. It's like, again, I mean, all this, I, all of his albums are very insightful. Yeah. You know, like your message to them. Yeah. But, he, um, I'm glad that... Sorry? No, he just... That's his brand. Like, that's just who he is. Like, oh, at yeah. this point... It'd be, like, he can't help you know, and another thing is, just because, like, Kendrick has dominated, like, even, like, the memes. Even the memes are about Kendrick fans and the release and everything. And, like, I do think there is, like, some genuine almost like elitism of like people who are like oh i like this because it has this deeper message when like there's plenty of good music out there that's not as deep i mean we just talked about future (laughs) (laughs) all right i'm gonna let that slide yeah are you comparing future Um, and kendrick lamar in lyrical quality hold up i'm gonna turn this car around perfect explain yourself i'm not (laughs) I'm not. See, no, you shooting now, future. That alone, I can defend. No, I'm not comparing the case. It's not even. <laughs> it's not even in the same. You just field. said I'm not so many times. It makes me think you are. Like, it's like when uh, someone gets a like a flag in football and they put their hands in the air, and it's like, oh, now I know you did that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I swear, I'm just putting extra emphasis to uh, clear up my name. Crazy. No, Future does not have any kind of any comparison in any way. Yeah. Whether it be lyrics, whatever. I'm not gonna go down that way. So anyway. So what was your what was your experience with the video for the Heart Part Five? Um so 
I'll be honest, when I first heard the song, it was also due to the music video because when it dropped, I didn't know me. I'm the first person to kind of like realize stuff. But you text me, you was like, yo, you need to stop whatever you're doing. So I watched the video, and at the beginning, there's no um, deep face like animation or anything like that, or no kind of effects. And what I loved about the song is like him immediately jumping into culture and religion. Um, just because some of the verses like really impactful, it, it portrays a really good image. And I feel like something I've been talking about my dad more recently about culture is how like wow, this this took an immediately deep return. Um just like culture in general, like the black community can sometimes can be portrayed as a negative image where like culture can get in the way of various other things. Because sometimes there's like a deeper culture that like is embedded within some of the communities to kind of keep each other down in a way. Um, and so it, it's very interesting that like I was talking with my dad about this stuff more in like a religious aspect. And how like sometimes religion can get in the or culture can get in the way of like religion, but I won't go down that route. But um very interesting that like Kendrick is immediately coming out with something and speaking about how like culture can be really messed up. It can create a really bad image and we just kind of assume it as normal. We just kind of accept it because it's quote unquote the culture. Yeah. But he also takes it in a better light. He's like, okay, I do this for my culture. Like he's trying to improve the community and stuff. Yeah. So that immediately was like dope. I, yeah. I mean, I just can't even begin to talk about it at that level, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, I liked when he switched faces. Uh, yes. <laughs> my, uh, so here's my experience, right? So he, he does his first verse, I'm watching it, and I'm like, wow, this song's really, really good. I wonder if people are just saying his mind, like, it's mind-blowing because the song's really good. Right? So then I go to Smoke <laughs> Weed, and <laughs> I... <laughs> Um, like, <laughs> thank you for clearing it up. Yeah, and then <laughs> I, uh, I look. Don't, don't prosecute me federally, government. So I, uh, I look up, like after smoking weed, and I, OJ Simpson is there, and I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> like, what is? What did I miss? <laughs> like. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's the thing. He goes for a whole verse before he hits the chorus. The chorus is when he hits the first change. Yeah. So, like, I went through the whole verse where I'm like, okay. okay. Yeah, you think it's just mind-blowing because the song. And <laughs> right. No, and then it's like, and then he takes on five faces, right? It's, it's. OJ Simpson. OJ Simpson. Then he goes to Kanye. Kanye um, Kobe, Will Smith, and Nipsey Hussle. Yes. Yeah. Jesus. The thing I've been meaning um, to check that every time I'm like, so like I've just been so busy I haven't been able to watch the video a second time, is I wonder if when he does the Will Smith deep fake, I wonder if he cusses at all. Interesting. I don't know. I haven't looked. What I did look into, and I haven't, I think I told like two people about this. And that's it. And it's also like the. I didn't know if it was true. It was my own assumption. But I realized every single person did a deep face on is someone that's like major in LA. 
they're either from LA or made an impact in LA. They live in LA. Like each one of them plays a part in like LA and Compton. And I feel like that was supposed to be like the overall theme, as he's saying, like I am us. Like he's saying I'm everybody, you know. Yeah. That's that's definitely fair. It also seems like they were I mean, clearly they're just very high profile people. Yes. You know, and I like how every like there's a lyrical twist to it all. Like when he talks about the white Bronco and his turns into OJ, and then he talks about mm-hmm. being bipolar and he turns into Kanye. Like, yep. So I mean, the entire last verse is supposed to be in the perspective of Nipsey Hussle, which is when he changes his face. Yeah. So that was super dope too. It's insane. It's. Man, like <laughs> he's the most talented artist in our. I don't. Care. Uh, it's 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 impossible to say anyone else. Uh, it's not even close. I won't say that, but he's good. Mm, there's an argument that it's it's not even close. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, there is Kanye. There's Frank Ocean. You there are Kanye. there are other like artists that I think are clearly like. Within spitting distance of Kendrick talent wise, but it was just I, I just think, man, he just has never missed like, and he's put yeah. out, and he's also put out <laughs> way more music than Frank Ocean like. That's what I was gonna say. He hasn't Frank Ocean hasn't missed, but he's only put out so much. Yeah, music. Kanye has missed. Yeah, Kanye mm-hmm. has officially missed at least twice. Right. So. No, yeah, th- this is the most, like, perfected person that I can think of. Right, yeah, because, like... I wouldn't yeah. say Cole is close, but, like, Cole isn't as high quality. Eh, I'm not going to say that. Mm, I think Cole's early but stuff... But it's not J. Cole. I think Cole's early stuff wasn't as immediately bulletproof as Kendrick's. I think he has grown yeah. into that comparison very well, but I do think, like, early on, the, the gap between their quality was much bigger. And, like, yeah, I can't think of another artist that just has hit it out of the park that well. Because, like, has, you know, maybe, like... Has Mac Miller missed? Would you say he's missed? No. No. I mean, it's hard to say because Mac Miller's stuff gets, like, real... It gets kind of, like, artsy. Like, a little artsy-fartsy. So, while... Personally, no, I don't think he's ever missed. It's also not bad. Yeah, but the thing is that some of his stuff that like it hit at the time, like specifically that Best Day Ever mixtape and Blue Slide Park, like that stuff hit really hot at the time, but I just don't think it holds up as well. That, that, that's a good point, because yeah. I can listen to any Kendrick album at any point. Yeah, like, I, they just haven't held up to the same degree as Kendrick. Don't get me wrong, I think, like, plenty of Mac's early stuff does hold up to some degree. But, mm. it, yeah, I, just my opinion, not, not nearly to the degree of Kendrick. And, like, the one I want to say is, like, Run the Jewels, because, like, they put out four albums, all of them are beloved, but then they have entire careers before that where they were low-key slept on. So, like, I don't think they even qualify. There you go. So, like, even in just saying it out loud, it immediately disqualifies. God, I cannot wait. How many hours is it? This is tough. 
Dude, I feel like I, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I'm. I remember like ten years ago this month, I stood in line for four hours to see the first Avengers movie, and like that's what I feel like right now. Like that was ten years ago. Ten years ago this last week. Wow. Not even are... like Iron Man, like Jeez. the Avengers, like. <laughs> Okay, sorry. Yeah, it's... Just had a moment. <laughs> yeah, dude, I was already out of high school. I was 20 years old. <laughs> Bruh, I was 15. Yeah. I was going into high school. Man. Man, to go Any, to high school anyway. with the MCU. I had the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight came out when I was in high school. That's pretty good. <laughs> you can't play. Yeah. Alright, let's talk about Young Thug and Gunner. Yeah. Uh, uh, they're catching like charges. 56 counts? Yeah, 56 counts or something? What do you, so what do you know about... Some ridiculously high? What do you know about RICO charges? Oh, um, to be honest, a week ago, never even heard of it. Like, I'm not even going to lie. Never okay. heard of it. I did eventually go and look into it. Um, it was a very broad description, because apparently Georgia has a... They have a very state loose. version. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's like a federal There's a federal and version. then there's also a local version. Exactly. So I'm uh, it's a, Sorry yeah, what? Finish what you're saying. Oh I'm gonna say I know it's involving around like drugs, guns, murder, prostitution, things of that nature. If they can excuse me. If they can prove one or two of these things or whatever, it basically qualifies in like all the evidence is pretty much showing like, you know, they got these niggas for real. Yeah, yeah, that, you got it, right? RICO just means that, like, it, it was to take down organized crime and the mob. And basically it's like, if they can prove that you're working together and, like, you know, these people equally benefit from this crime, it doesn't matter that they didn't do it. So, I mean, RICO is something I don't really know as much about, so I'm not going to say as much. But it, it is kind of interesting seeing this thing that is, I've learned mostly about, like, through, like, mob movies and studying, like, mob history, because, like, you know, I come from that shit. Like, <laughs> so uh, yeah, <laughs> like, well, just, like, the community, <laughs> not, like, my family. Like, we're not criminals. Like, <laughs> my dad was literally a police officer. Like, <laughs> Quite the opposite of the criminal. Yeah. But, like, it's so just the community. <laughs> Yeah, it depends on who you ask. <laughs> That's uh, what I was going to say. That's what I might say. And you just, you know, Rico is what they use to take down the old school mobsters. Interesting. So, seeing that juxtaposed crazy. against, you know, YSL, it's pretty pretty interesting. Pretty interesting what I, moment. Yeah, I was going to say what I did see today, actually, like the most updated thing that I've seen. In terms of this subject, um, Metro Booming posted on Twitter and he was saying YSL, the gang, YSL is an LLC that was created to help support the community, which I didn't even know was an LLC, first of all, which is dope to hear. Yeah. Um, but secondly, hopefully they can use this kind of like mindset or evidence, whatever you want to say to, like, prove that they're not guilty. But I also heard that they're going to be using, like, lyrics against them, which is so stupid, but, you know, 
Is- I'm like pretty certain. So one, okay, I'm just gonna say this. You're gonna. This is one of my out there opinions. There, oh, there's no difference yeah. between an LLC and a gang. Fair enough. There's like I, literally I have no Like L- LLCs are just used by white collar criminals to dodge culpability. Like the the fact that YSL is a is a is a corporation makes me think they're more likely to be doing crime, not less. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Uh, and also, yeah, that's all I gotta say. I forgot the other thing. It's I'm wild sure. that you say that because, like, I remember watching an interview. This is. Yeah. I remember watching an interview from Walk of Fly, and he was saying, like, this is him older, by the way. This is past the. Yeah, this is not. This is not Flock of Valley. Yeah. Man, I, was- <laughs> I miss that phase. Dude, that album Man. is incredible. Like- <laughs> Man. <laughs> like, don't get me started. <laughs> Dude, the Heart of the Paint? Heart of the Paint? Dude, I could kill Look. a small village. <laughs> Give me Look, two if mango Kendrick monsters. Wasn't dropping this weekend, I would be listening to some Waka. I'm fuck Kendrick. This is Waka season now. Yeah, I... <laughs> Mr. Flocka and the big and the big steps. Jesus Christ! But anyway, I was watching an interview. This is uh, much older Flocka, and he was saying that like. Anyone that's in the game right now needs to learn the business. And, like, the first thing he said was, like, they need to open an LLC. Because you can, like, you can make out loans to an LLC. You can do things outside of your name that, like, won't actually harm you. And he was saying, like, this is what, like, the leaders of America be doing. And people don't really, like, realize that. So it's very interesting that you're basically saying LLC is a game. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically all it is. Like, it's just, it's a legal framework for, because, like, it's relatively expensive to become an LLC. Not, like, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, but I'm pretty sure it's, like, two or three thousand. Not cheap. Right. Like, it's basically for people who could afford it to, like, dodge, like, liability. And that's, like, all it is. So, like, yeah. I, I think it's... Look, I think this story is going to be interesting in 20 years when everyone is like done their time, is out of jail, and like can talk about it openly. Then this might turn into like some of the coolest shit ever. But like right now, it's just so obtuse, and it just looks like yeah, like defense got these guys. <laughs> I should ask them. So you go to think they're going to go to jail? I I haven't really like thought about it. I I, I don't know. You know, my thing is that like. As racist as our legal system is, there is something to be said about, like, if you can get a good enough lawyer, you can kind of make anything happen. So You make a great... (laughs) You know, so that's my thing. It's like, is, is America more racist or is it more capitalist? And we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say we we gonna see. <laughs> yeah, because it really is up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> like, cause if they, you know, if they get like reduced set, what I think is definitely possible is like reduced sentencing and like high, you know, going to like the white collar fucking uh, prisons and shit. 
I think that's definitely yeah. possible. Okay. All right. Travis Scott's coming back. Travis Scott is performing at the Billboard Music Awards. Is that this weekend? Oh, that is a good question. I can tell you right now. May 15th, it is this weekend. Yeah. The MGM Grand Arena. Oh, he's hosting it. P. Diddy's hosting it. So that kind of explains. Yeah. Some things. Yeah, but, so uh, P. Diddy yeah. said something silly. <laughs> As he does many yeah. times in the past. But he yeah. said he's on canceling the canceled, which I don't know if it's the best way to go about it. But First off, he like, said it anyway. Very silly. Uh. Very silly thing. Because it's like, when are people going to realize that, like, canceling is just, like, like a marketing thing? Right? Like, basically, like, there's this 20% of the country that if you say you've been canceled, they're going to watch whatever it is you do. So, people do that to extract as much money out of those dopes as they can. Right? Like, that's literally all it is. Name one person who was canceled and, you know had any kind of like long lasting consequences. Bill Cosby's out of jail. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Yes, he, he is out of jail. He makes a good point. Yeah. There there's one I can think of, but it's far too dark for this podcast, so we're gonna move on. But... Oh boy. <laughs> Alright, moving on. Stick and move. Anywho. Uh I hope you play well, sicko mode. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I hope he uh, has a controlled crowd. Yeah, well, it's it's the it's an award show. There's not usually mosh bits at award shows, although I was gonna say he can make it happen. I, I'm not against it. I I think it would be an improvement. Be more exciting because these award shows are uh, not good. They're not good. Not in, they're not interesting. Oh my god. But, yeah. as we uh, digress, I guess. As we digress, so. it's time. It's time for the second episode in our Kendrick the Trilogy. Dun, da, da, da. Hey, we'll be discussing Damn. Today we will be and, uh, discussing uh, Damn. Damn. So, we made the decision not to talk about Tepimba Butterfly, because that one is just... We're going to hold on to that one for something special. And, yeah. This not one was... Yeah. And this one is the his last album. And so, for the next four hours, this is going to be his last... His most recent album. I think it was supposed to, like, 1,500 days or something, or more? I don't know, man. I don't. It's five years. Five years and two months. Been in a drought. Very, very long. Long drought. time, right? Now, to be fair, like a year after we got the Black Panther soundtrack, but like that doesn't count. Like, yeah, we, we don't. Don't get me wrong. The Black Panther soundtrack is cool, and like might even be worth an episode one day, but it doesn't count. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's not titled Kendrick Lamar's album. So yeah. Far, it's just yeah. It was just cool that he was involved. 
So I mean, it's like the main part, but anyway. We'll, we'll so let's let's get let's get at this. Let's get let's get it down. Let's let's. What <laughs> is? Do you, do you like it, Dam? Um, I love Dam. Absolutely love Dam. Yeah. I told you before. I put Dam much higher than um. I won't say much higher, but I, I do put it very. I can't. It's hard to place in order for Kendrick Lamar's albums because they're all really, really good. Yeah. But I always feel like people sleep on down, and I consider it one of the better ones. That's interesting. That's interesting. I know you disagree. Mm. Um, but what I would say, I feel like this one, I understood the easiest. And maybe it's because I was older when it came out. But even when Mad Kitty or Mad City came out, I spoke about it on the last podcast. I didn't really like grasp it in the moment. But yeah. damn, like when Damn came out, I was fully aware of like everything. So like I can truly understand the lyrics, I can understand the themes that he's talking about. And I was able to appreciate it much more. Yeah. I think it's unique in its own nature where it can be played forwards and backwards, and it's confirmed. He's even said it himself. Yeah. Um, I think it's the perfect length. It's a perfect amount of songs. I've talked about this before. The structure is amazing. And you have features like Rihanna. It's a, yeah. It's a plan. What's your yeah. opinion on Dam? So, Dam is probably like right in the middle of my Kendrick Lamar like listing. Like, if I'm ranking his albums, it's probably right in the middle. And I, I revisited this week when we decided we were doing it, and I listened it, to it straight through again for the first time in probably since quarantine. Like, I, the, the songs I love from this, I, I listen to all the time, but listening to it straight through, I haven't done since, like, I had nothing to do. But So it was good to revisit it, because over the years, I think I've started to like it more and more. I, I do. Like, I think I, every, every time I listen to it, I think the connection between, like, the, the music and the ideas he's trying to get across is stronger, right? That was... The issue with Damn wasn't actually anything on Damn. It was just that, by comparison, and to this, to this day, it's just true. It's just... I just like I, I just think the Pippa Butterfly is like a better piece of work. And on a pure surface level, I, I kind of would rather listen to Good Kid Mad City. Right? That album just resonates with me a little bit stronger. Uh, uh-huh. but it's not that there's anything wrong with this. As as time goes on, like there's a lot I really, really appreciate about it. Like I the thing I really appreciate about about Damn is that like, man, this guy started like, he did Good Kid Mad City, which was, like, unexpectedly deep. Like, I think people knew Kendrick Lamar was, like, good, but I don't think people realized how, like, deep and... I don't want to use the word meaningful, but, like, you know what I mean. Like, substantive uh, the album was going to be. And what I liked about this is... And, and then he did to, to Pippa Butterfly, which was, like... Deeper. As deep as you can go. It was as deep as you. <laughs> it was as deep as you could go, 
but it was also like it wasn't something you could like play in the car as much. You know what I mean? It wasn't That's like as fun yeah. of a passive listening experience. So I yes. I really liked how in this album it's a much more like there are there are hits on this that hit on big ideas just as hard as Tip of Butterfly. And to me, I think that is the coolest part of the album. Tracks like DNA, like Element, like Humble, that just, they, <laughs> you know, like you could, they bang. They just bang. And they completely, you know, they all have something to say. They all play very, very well within the sequence of the album. Zero notes, right? It's, it's just... You know, with, with Good Kid, Mad City, and To Pippa Butterfly, it's like this special kind of alchemy, where it's like, he, he put those albums together, and they became more than the sum of their parts. But this one, I feel like, yeah, it all comes together beautifully, but it is ultimately just the sum of its incredible parts. It, I, I, there's just no magic to me, you know what I mean? Sure. That That's kind of how I feel yeah. about it. But, you know, I don't not love Damn, <laughs> I think that's a great way of thinking about it because, like, and, and when you were when you were talking about it like that, I was kind of wrapping up my own opinion on how I feel about the Pimple Butterfly because I've mentioned it before how I don't think it's one of the best ones. I've gone back and I've changed my opinion. Yeah, but I think because at the time, like, I just really like listening to music. Like, I want to enjoy the music and I want to hear like really dope music. And it's not very easy to listen to because it's so deep. It, it's so it's a topic that you you can't bang your head your head to it because that's what the music is like. But if you sit there and listen to it, it's like wait, <laughs> I, I can't. It doesn't line up. And even looking at the streaming numbers, even though that only means so much, but still, looking at the streaming numbers, if you look at the Purple Butterfly, there are two songs that go over a hundred million. And that is King Kunta and All Right, because those are radio songs. Yeah. Every other song doesn't even reach 100 million, but if you look at them, every single song, except for the intro, because it's not an actual song, yeah. goes over 100 million. Yeah. So like, it's much easier to listen to. And I feel like I don't want to be the person to limit creativity or to try to be like, oh, dumb it down. Like, for example, Lupe Fiasco's song where he's like, I'm not dumbing down anything. That's a really important message because, like, if this is your story, don't dumb it down for anyone. But, like, I think that can sometimes hurt Kendrick, I guess, if it's too complex. Yeah, well, there's... You should never dumb it down, but there's no reason why... Just because something is thoughtful doesn't necessarily mean it can't be, like, fun. Mm -hmm. You know? And I think that's what this... Yeah, that's what this album is to me like this is the this is the album that is thoughtful and fun you know yes and i guess i could say the same thing about good kid mad city and i think that might be another reason why this one is you know third in my opinion but yeah i think that's exactly what it is like this is a this is an album that is equally strong like front to back as it is like on a playlist which is interesting because that's not usually what you would expect from an artist like Kendrick. Yeah. And I really think that's what like a lot some of the songs on this album like actually get at is like him like 
he, he made his own lane into Simple Butterfly and like damn almost feels like I'm gonna go and like go mainstream and I'm still gonna do it better than everyone else. I'm about to say because he can do it. And yeah. that's a flex. Yeah. And like it the the album's an accomplishment. Like it absolutely is. An- another thing is like because the album does wrestle with like ideas, like in a, in ways that few pieces of art, not even just music, because like few pieces of art wrestle with like big ideas the way like Damn does, and like the rest of his albums do. I I don't know if I think the ideas he arrived to on Damn are as good as the one he arrived to on Typical Butterfly. That's the other thing, right? Because when you get that deep, then you got to be that level of critical. If you're gonna write albums that win Pulitzer prizes, you're gonna be literary with it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just because like I think there are some uh, songs on the album that, like, there's the one with the very long voicemail. I think it's that's another thing is that like a lot of the songs blur together for me. I think you fear. Mean damn or damn. Yeah, and damn. Yeah. A lot of the songs like blur together. It's fear, right? On uh, on fear, there's like that long voicemail where he's talking about mm-hmm. like the Israelites and everything, and like okay, yeah. he's like yeah. meditating on this idea, like maybe we're like maybe like we're destined to do this. And I think there's an argument to be said, like oh, maybe he's shooting that idea down, maybe he's critiquing it, but you know, like I just don't think he's as I just don't think he wrestles with like that idea as well as he does on Tip and Butterfly and Kick in Mad City. That is true because I feel like, especially, and I'm glad that you brought up Fear in particular, because Fear as a song, Fear Loki could fit within To Pimple Butterfly. But like, it feels weird and it is almost misplaced being on this album because this is meant to be more of like, like you said, a fun album where Fear is one of the most, I, won't, I don't want to say serious, but in terms of like impactful and meaningful and like actually having a deeper meaning. Like, Fear is one of the most important songs of the album because Fear, broken down, is meant to tell a story of, like, you go through different kinds of fear throughout your life. So verse one is about him at age seven. Verse two is him about age of verse 17. And verse three is about him at age 27 and the different fears that he faces at seven, 17, and 27. Yeah. And so, like, at seven, when you're growing up, especially in a black household, like, you fear pretty much anything. Like, your parents get mad at you, mess up your shoes, you don't eat your food. Like, he mentions all that in the song. And then he, like, jumps forward to 17 where, like, you, you could do anything. <laughs> and, like, you could die in that kind of community. He was saying, like, oh, I can die for being too slow or too fast. I can die for panicking or being too chill. And, like, he's li- this is all in the lyrics. Like, we look at the lyrics of fear. And then, as a song, like, if it was just that song, then it could fit in the album. Because it's still, it's upbeat, it's floaty, it, it's nice to listen to. It has a deeper meaning if you want to sit down and like actually read the lyrics. But then he takes a step forward and he adds that voicemail. Like the voicemail is supposed to add in this like religious piece where, I don't know, it could be his uncle or something. I, I don't even know who's in the voicemail. But somebody told him like, we live in fear because like, the Bible says so and like, we're the children of the Israelites like we're going to face against adversity and this is God testing us and blah 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 and so 
like adding that voicemail almost takes it too far. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Okay, so we should definitely do a, a track by track. Each song? Yeah, breakdown. <laughs> yeah. So let's just do this because I don't want to leave any stone unturned. And then we can talk about the order because that's where I have some thoughts. All right, so let's start with Blood. First song in the album. Not even really a song. Kind of just like an intro. Sets up the storytelling of Kendrick being shot by the blind woman. It really sets up this idea, right? Like, within 30 seconds, you know, like, oh, this, is, this album is more or less a puzzle. And I gotta think about this shit, right? Like... Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, like this, that's basically what this is. Like, this is a a piece that where Kendrick tells you, like, "Hey, you're gonna want to fucking pay attention and like do this shit." <laughs> right. So, my question for you is, when you heard like these references, because a lot of these references ultimately are biblical references, did you think of them as biblical, or were you just kind of in the like, oh, I need to find the meaning within the text, you know? Like, what does the blind woman represent within the album? Or, like, when you hear that imagery, does it immediately take you to that religious place? I would say the first, or first couple times going through, it's mostly just about the music and enjoying the music, because it, it is, like, obviously, we've, we've discussed it, how it can go very deep, but it's just good music. Like, you want to listen to it just for, just the enjoyment of it. Um, so I will say the first couple of times, like, I did not know. I don't sit there and relate it to the Bible at all or any of the verses unless it, like, is blatantly in your face. Yeah. After going back a couple of times and years later, like, th- there are theories about this exact song being, like, about the song Fear that I was just discussing. Yeah. Because in, in the voicemail, they're saying, like, I think it said, like, in the book of, the book of Deuteronomy or something like that. Yeah. Where the woman is supposed to represent consequences. Like, it's stuff like that where, like, okay, these could all tie up to religion. I can see that. Yeah. But it, it is kind of interesting because, like, this really does... It acts as, a, like, a, like, a legend in a map. It's, like, it's not, like, really part of the story. It's just telling you what kind of story you're going to get going forward. Mm-hmm. Right. But I, I'll say this, though. Every time I... I don't skip this track when I'm doing an album listening. Like, if I'm no, going to listen to the it, it's through, I don't ever skip blood. Because the other it thing is, is that, like, it is, like, we say this, it's also short. I think it's, like, a minute long. You know? Yeah, it, it's, it's not, not like, long. it's not, like, uh, if this thing was, like, three minutes long, oy vey. That would have been <laughs> rough. Too much. Right. No, I agree with that. Okay. And, and it's, it's short and simple, short and simple to the point. It is the introduction that's worth listening to because it carries over into the ending. Like the outro is this kind of like soundbite or something like that. It's a, it's a famous soundbite. Yeah, it's a famous soundbite of Geraldo Rivera on Fox News. Okay. So that carries over into DNA. So how do you feel about DNA? This song is perfection. Like what's... How can you not love every single moment of the song? So, 
I was completely freaking out when I heard DNA because of the immediately the beat dropped at the beginning. Yeah. Like, that just I got is, I got I got I got it's like oh my god like <laughs> like what is about to happen and then the music video that goes along with it is so hard yeah like all of it is so good uh something I remember hearing a lot was people were talking about like the making of that music video and apparently like they had an issue with like Kendrick breaking like yeah. watching like Don Cheadle like do this performance and like laughing and stuff like not being able to stay in character yeah. <laughs> which like yeah that makes sense like <laughs> and it really yeah, is just like it really is just like this fucking incredible like cascade of lyrics like this doesn't have a chorus it's just you're right it, it relentless. doesn't have a, it literally doesn't it re- have a chorus it reminds me of like a John Wick action scene where he's just like knife throat knife throat kill 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 gun like, <laughs> I mean it has a bridge that, that serves as the, yeah, chorus. Where he comes, the bridge is the countdown where he's like five <laughs> which is the craziest thing ever now here's here's my question which, which half do you like more like which beat ooh Man, I'm gonna go with the second half. I'm gonna go with the second half. Wow, I gotta go with first. They're both incredible. Like it's an incredible song. I'm happy I have both. But oh, I'm gonna... it's just the second half. It's I mean, all of it is him like screaming. Yeah, but the second half yeah. is like <laughs> it's like a middle finger to everybody. My God, just absolutely relentless. I wanted to ask you when you listen to DNA, how do you interpret all what what's the deeper meaning? I mean, there are so so many meanings in it. Like, first off, like I think this is it, it almost feels like a sequel to Backseat Freestyle. Because mm-hmm. like it 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 does feel like on some level is it is meant just to be like relentless bars. Right. Yeah. And so but clearly, like the DNA and everything has to do with like his heritage. Like, oh, I, I get the same kind of message from that as well. Where I, I found out through further research that DNA stands for Dead Nigger Association. But obviously, the DNA is, like you said, talking about the heritage and how he's either celebrating, critique it. Or just kind of explaining the culture and his heritage around, like how America kind of looks at the black DNA as a well, I don't want to say a piece of property, but I mean <laughs> as God, an yeah. asset, right? Literally, at 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 one point, and I'm not going to say it's completely gone, but as literally property, um, but it's meant to be as an asset. A lot of people, when they're celebrated in the black community, it's because they contribute something to their society, whether that be sports, music, whatever it might be. Like, there's nonstop conversations. <laughs> um, but I guess another thing that I noticed specifically on this song, and this is something that it ties back into the music video, we've spoken about how Kendrick Lamar has multiple songs. Yeah. 
And one of them is Kung Fu Kenny, and this song is him dressed up in the music video as Kung Fu Kenny. And I feel like when he is Kung Fu Kenny, you get that Backstreet freestyle where it's like bar, 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 like yeah, his rapid fire, like you're literally doing Kung Fu, like you're in a fight. Yeah, that's exactly what it feels like. That uh, low key, like that's what the song feels like. It feels like a fight. It feels just like yep. these perfect martial arts moves. Now, what it's is so interesting because you bring up the uh, you bring up the the music video also like hints at the alternate play order because in mm-hmm. the beginning of the video you hear "Ya," which is the song that comes next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is crazy because I remember getting this video before the album dropped. Song's insane, bro. Yeah, this song is just like it's airtight. There's like, what's wrong with it? Like, nothing. Ten out of ten. Cut the check, <laughs> bro. Like, you know how I feel about structures of albums, and it still blows my mind. This is like one of the few albums I've ever experienced that you can listen to front or front to back or back to front, and like that. It's stupid. It's stupid. Yeah, I'm just gonna say it, it's stupid. All right, let's uh, let's move on to the <laughs> next one. Yeah. Also, while we're on it, third one. Um, what do you think of the naming convention? What do you mean? Like how everything is like one word, like blood, DNA, yeah, element, feel. When I first was looking at it, I thought it had to do with the seven deadly sins because there's lust here. There's also pride, pride here, um, but it, it doesn't fully line up that way. And of course, the the most evil sin, DNA. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the even but, most um, evil sin. I haven't found out if there's a deeper meaning. They all end with periods, which is another thing. Yeah. Like I haven't discovered because there's like. 15 layers to everything about Kendrick. There's, if there is a genuine critique of Kendrick, it's that nothing he does is simple. <laughs> that, that is correct. Some of it can be... Appre- I think a whole lot of it can be appreciated on a very surface level. DNA, great example. Mm-hmm. Like I think DNA is a perfect example of a song that has depth, has meaning, but also works perfect as just like when that shit comes on the radio you're just like hell yeah keep keep this on i love this like yep (laughs) go 80 down lsd (laughs) yeah just but what do you what so i remember when we got the track list for this i thought yeah was going to be the biggest banger i've ever heard Are you just going to be screaming yeah over and over? Yeah, I thought it was going to be like, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, he is kind of screaming yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's not but in, this the, is the, in the light this that you is probably expect. the most low-key song in the album. But it's, it's, yes. vi- it's you know, it, it seems very low-key. And it, it, it's a light performance. It doesn't seem like he's doing a whole lot, but it seems intentional. You know, it doesn't seem like he's just saying the words. It seems like he's intentionally just doing it in this 
sing-songy, evil-to-do. It's almost like he's laid back. Like this is him. Yeah. Like this is as laid just chilling back on the couch. Yeah, this is as laid back as you'll ever hear Kendrick. And like I'm looking at the lyrics. Like, don't get me wrong. Obviously, there's always a deeper meaning, but there's no like. Oh, what's the word? Is it trigger words? There's a word for it. There's like a specific term that they use in the music industry that's like, oh, this song has, or this album has 15% complex words or something like that. But I forget what the term is. But like, I'm looking at this, there's no complex like words. There's no insane. Like a double entendre. Right. Like, like I'm just looking yeah. at it, and it's very straightforward. It, and it's supposed to be kind of like, it's just, it's just his life. It's like his daily life. Yeah, like, this kind one of is just... About... Go ahead. Yeah, no, it's just him speaking and talking. Uh, it, it, it's very direct. It feels... This one doesn't feel like him using a persona. No. This one feels very, no, no, no. like... I mean, he uh, opens up verse one. He's literally saying, I'm diagnosed with real nigga conditions. And then he just talks about, like, it's average day. Yeah. Something about respecting family. Something about being with his girl. Yeah. Avoiding girls. About, like, the interviews that he has. Yeah, and this one starts... I like his, his... Sorry, go ahead. And also in the second verse, it starts setting up, like, that Deuteronomy. Where mm-hmm. they, he calls himself an Israelite. Uh, it's just a color no more. It's only a color. It ain't facts no more. So good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I literally texted you that today. <laughs> so, like, what he says, like, my cousin called, my cousin uh, Carl Duckworth. Is, ha- is mm-hmm. that him? Is that the voicemail we get in fear at the end of the album? Yeah, I did double check that. That is Carl Duckworth. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, that means it's his, you know, his dad's brother's kid. Yes, something along those lines. I don't know yeah. how they could be related. I know somebody joked around and said, like, oh, it's Baby Keem, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think, God, is Baby Keem on this album? I'm literally about to search up Baby Keem's real name, and if it's Cal, I'm going to lose my mind. I, I don't think it's Baby Keem. I think Baby Keem It is, is like, not. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure Baby Keem was 12 when this came out. Like, <laughs> That is also true. All right. Purvis, let's just get let's just get to element. I let's just let's just let's get to element. <laughs> just just want to go ahead and uh, is this the big is this the greatest look of all time? Bro, is this the best chorus in any rap song ever? I was screaming this I for wish, like weeks, dude. I wish I could. <laughs> wish I could. Like. <laughs> Look, you're here in the spirit, and so it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> we accept you. Here. Yeah, but yeah, um, I mean, sometimes it's gotta slap a bitch, make it look sexy. So, like, so this is a flex one. This is a flex song, which is interesting because it's a very, uh, it's a very like kind of like somber song. It's like very like kind of sad, like kind mm-hmm. of like dour. Like it's not. It doesn't have the energy DNA or Humble has. No. Uh, no. Even though, like, he's going hard on the verses. Like, it's very much a flex song. Like, you're, you're right. It's just aesthetically. <laughs> it's, uh... It doesn't feel like I mean, it. 
when I say this is like a flex song, this is a rare occasion, and he actually says it in the lyrics. So he was like, "I'm gonna put the Bible down." Like he literally says that, "Put the Bible down and go eye to eye." Like this is a very rare time where like this almost seems like a pissed off Kendrick. Yeah. Like when I listen to this, I think like who pissed off Kendrick? Like what y'all do? Because this whole song is literally him saying like, "No, like this is me being serious." Like. Obviously, I am an extremely big name. I'm known worldwide. Like, I have to keep up and do certain things that, like, keep up my image. But, like, I'm still from Compton. (laughs) Yeah, no, he's... Yeah, no, this definitely is one of those tracks where it just feels like, yo, I'm... I might be known as the poet, but I'm a rapper. Like... Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't do it for the gram, I do it for content. Come on now. One of the greatest lyrics of all time. Like, <laughs> I, like, come on now. I wish I could go as hard for my city as Kendrick does for Compton. Jesus. This is amazing. Yeah. No, he, he goes phenomenal. 10 out of 10 song. And then the beat change at the end. So good. So good. That... So, question: What uh, what do you make of the last bar in the song? In terms of the chorus, like the no, no, the last bar in the verse. Last up, you tried to lift up black heart. Oh, this that is crazy, bro! I was trying to find this song like three days ago, and I couldn't remember for the life of me. But yeah, my last AP. Or the last LP, I tried to lift the black artist, but it's the difference between black artists and white artists. Again, who pissed off Kendrick? Yeah, that's <laughs> it's really like, and that's how he ends the song. Like, <laughs> it's it's not it's not fair. It's this, this he had to make this song when he was making the control version. Yeah, this that's is, the only thing I can think of. Yeah, this <laughs> is this goes as hard as the control verse. He just doesn't name names. All right. So, yeah, no, 10 out of 10, nothing to say. All right. One of the highlights. Yeah, one of the strong highlights of the album, if not his career. And then Uh, we jump to Phil. Phil. What what do you think of this? What what do you think of this? Because I think this is, if if the track listing has weaker tracks, I think this is it. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think. I feel like when I was listening to this song, this is almost him explaining. And, and it's weird. I can't wrap my head around it fully because obviously this album can be played in both directions. Yeah. But played in this direction, I feel like the song feel <sighs> after Element is him kind of giving himself some like explanation or some like leeway why he's kind of saying like okay i can be hard but this is why i am hard. yeah and then he opens up the song like ain't nobody praying for me and he's saying that over and over and he's like hey write the first verse i got a chip on my my shoulder i feel like i'm losing my focus i feel like i'm losing my patience i feel like my thoughts in the basement like this is him saying like i legit have something to fight for so this is why i am the way i am yeah yeah, I mean, 
I, I just think this one, like, it, it's much more on its sleeve. It's much more, like, exposed and raw. This and Pride, I think, are, like, two songs that I think he drops the act a little bit. Because it kind of seems like mm-hmm. sometimes, like, it's a very story-driven song. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, it was very, like, pushing this story and these ideas. And then you have, like, Element and DNA and the next track, which I think, uh, like, are, are the act. Like, it's the, you know, it's the, doing the whole thing while, like, eating the mainstream's lunch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, f- I feel like this one is just, like, it's a very candid example of just him, like, saying what he thinks. Obviously, the lyricism is, like, next level. But, right. you know, I, I just feel like if there is, like, a weaker point on the album, I feel like it's field and pride, in my opinion. It's so hard saying that there's a weak point. It's, it's relative. A relative <laughs> weak point. A relative weak point. Right. You know, because that's that's the other thing, though, right? Is because you know, if you have a if you have a, uh, an album that's like a solid seven or eight out of ten, right? And then you have a song that drops to like a five or six. That's a lot more noticeable than like when you're coming off some <laughs> perfect tens and then you get an eight. You know, even though like if we're being real about it, like that's more or less like the same dip in quality. Okay. That's how I like how I see it. Like the way I look at Phil, Phil stands out. If you say this is a weaker point, that is completely justified because I feel like Phil is spoken word. Yeah, that makes sense. It feels very spoken word. Like this is him. This is actual. Like this could be like an actual poem in terms of, like the structure the message that he's speaking about because a lot of it's like about deeper depression and self-hate and like the issues that he's facing like this is stuff that i would see in like in high school spoken word class. yeah no i i totally agree Ugh. and then we jump to rihanna <laughs> yeah now we jump to loyalty which is once again like him like doing the whole i can do the mainstream better than anyone else i mean this is there's a song with Rihanna. <laughs> Rihanna doesn't come out often. <laughs> no, she does not. She does not do a whole lot. Rihanna. So, obviously, the, 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 it's very straightforward. As you said, most of the songs are just one-word titles, so you know what it's about. So, besides loyalty, what do you think this song is even about? Why do you make this song? I... I... I think it's about like I think it's about how we ultimately have a need to like define ourselves by another person, right? And like think about this, like humans are such social creatures. We require other people so much that like name one attribute that's considered as good as loyalty. Yeah. You know, Even like real talk, like if you if you needed a friend and you had to choose between someone who's loyal but not emotionally strong, or someone who's emotionally strong but not loyal, who you pick it? Simple loyal. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's kind of where it comes from, is this idea that the loyalty they talk about is just like 
the connection we all have with other people. Yes. Yeah. yeah That's like why I keep up. saying like, tell me who you're loyal to. Mm-hmm. You know, like the quite like a whole lot of the lyrics of this are question marks. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so I, I feel like, and especially because he's he's going to be talking about culture clearly in this new one, and as he's talking about in the previous one, like I feel like, and this is going beyond just the black community, but just dating in general, I feel like in our generation is very low, low um, expectations when it comes to like will. Mm. It almost seems like nobody really is supporting loyalty as much as they used to because it, 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 that could be the old head. Yeah, hard disagree. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no. I, I feel like cheating is much more common than it was. That is... That could be That is incorrect. statistically untrue. Like, you think so? Within like thi- within like things like marriage, it's been proven. The uh, well, the, the the amount of cheating in society is like direct like is inversely related to the amount of divorces. So as divorce has gone up in the last thirty years, infidelity among married couples and long term relationships has dropped. Well, I would say this. I wasn't really referring to the marriages because like neither one of us even yeah. of that kind of section. But I would say, at least for our age and where we're at in our lives and just how social media works, it's almost much more public. I won't say praised, but accepted, I would say, than it was before. But that could be just my opinion. I don't know, man. Like, I, I have family friends who have, like, secret families in three different cities, you know, in, like, the <laughs> 50s, man. I, I think that's I think that's all a bunch of hogwash that like people okay. who want to seem like that young kids who want to seem sophisticated say, and then idiots in their fifties want to like feel better about themselves so they agree with it. I think it's completely untrue. I think there's no basis in reality for it. As a matter of fact, I would say like you think the, it's... I think the fact that everyone has a camera in their pocket and the ability to record everything has probably made it less. I and and I would say like. I would say our our generation's willingness to have less traditional relationships, like things that are, you know, not as committed as each other. Like I think that has taken the place of like infidelity, because now okay, what's what's more acceptable now, and I think this is probably good because it it's at, it's not widely viewed as like good behavior, but I think it's at least someone being honest with themselves and other people. I think like dating multiple people like openly is probably a little bit more accepted now, but I don't I wouldn't call that infidelity because there's not the expectation of you know, of exclusivity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the thing I think like has probably gone up in our generation is the people who are doing things like that, who are just like non-monogamous until they find the right person and then they become monogamous. I agree with that point. That's what I, I still think. think. Like, I feel like it's a double-edged sword. I mean, in terms of like the part with the camera, we're like, oh, like it's harder to do it now because everyone's got a camera in their phones. But like, that was a double-edged sword that I was speaking about. Like, it's much more, and that just comes with technology as it advances. Yeah, in social media, it's just much more blatantly in your face. Yeah, but it like, almost seems like it's kind of normal. Yeah, but like, I don't know, man. Like, it seems. 
like I know it might seem like an extreme example, and we're mostly talking about people sneaking out in the middle of the night, but like I just I refuse to have the generation of you know where like forty percent of men had second families, which is like you know tell me about dating. Go fuck yourself. Like that's my thing. Okay, that's fair. That uh, is fair. And like the other thing is just like I yeah. Look, I think cheating is obviously a horrible thing, and it's obviously morally wrong. But, like, I think people overinflate it. Like, I really do. I, I don't... I, I think a fair amount of people are like, you know, that's just how they express their pain, and it's unfortunate. It's not the right thing to do, but it's just it's what happens, you know? I think some people compare it to, like, murder, and it's like, Simmer yeah, down. it's not. Simmer down, yeah. buddy. <laughs> very different. Uh... You know? And the other thing is that, like, look, I, I know people who, like, were driven to infidelity by abuse. And it's like, well, what do you, what do, you do with that? Right. You know? Like, I, that would be a one-off situation. That's obviously. a very, very different. That, yeah, that that's be... obviously. Yeah, it's a very different situation. But, like, you know, I'm not necessarily saying physical abuse. Like, right, right, right. Yeah. No, I, I understand. Yeah. But overall, yeah. like, I, I think. But I, once again, I think this song just meditates on those ideas, like, so well. Because, like, this is a debate. Like, neither one of us is 100% correct. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, this, is, this is 100% something that can and should be talked about. And this is his contribution to the discourse. And another thing, uh, in terms of, like, his contribution, like, why loyalty is so important, why he's, like, dedicated a whole song for this, like... We we get really not off topic, but we kind of branched off to a different thing there. But going back to what you were saying previously, with like which quality would you have? Like loyalty is so much higher. In I was doing a study on this in grad school, and this guy was saying, "Well, like he trained with oh my god, what's his, what's the team called? Jesus Christ, it's gonna bother me. It's a military team. It's like the highest classified team. They're oh, like people that went out to kill." Yeah, they're the team that went to go kill. I think. Are you talking about SEAL Team Six? Yes, thank you. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, going back to what you were saying before we kind of branched off on a different topic there. Um, SEAL Team. I was doing the study, and this guy was talking about how he trained with SEAL Team Six, which is known as like one of the highest, most classified military teams in America. In the world. Um, like in the world, right? Obviously, yeah. in the world. Like, these are people, like, they, they, you don't even know their names, you don't know nothing about yeah. them, blah, 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 but the way that they pick these individuals, they put them on a skill. Like, if there's an X and Y axis, and on the Y axis, they put, like, skill and capabilities. And on the other axis, they put trust and, like, levels of trust. And so, obviously, you have all these different individuals that are charted on this graph in, like... Obviously, the the ideal person is to have someone who's extremely skillful and qualified, and someone that you trust. Yeah. But they put more value for someone who's extremely highly qualified, but someone you can't trust. They would take someone who's not as skillful that you fully trust over that person. Yeah, because just simply can, because exactly you can raise like skill in level. the heat of moment. Exactly in the heat of moment, you're gonna need someone that you can really trust. It can, do I trust this person with my family? Do I trust this person with, like, anything? And I feel like it, it's so important to put so much emphasis on loyalty. 
I it's, it's one of the most important qualities you can have as a yeah. person. And like look, like I, I said all that stuff about the dating and stuff and I agree. I think loyalty to you know, your your yeah, in a situation like SEAL Team Six, your coworkers, your friends, your family, your community. I think loyalty, it, yeah, it's one of the most important attributes people can have. Oh, God. All right. So let's get to pride. We already touched on it a bit. Yeah, we did discuss it. Yeah, we bit. did touch on it a bit, but let's, let's dive in. Let's give it the proper, let's give it the good old college try. The talkie try thing. No, this song's so good. This song's this really song good. Is so good. Yeah, this song's okay. <laughs> I, this song's definitely better than. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I like this song. Yeah, about, and and Pride is it's a very very interesting topic to kind of like go into. Yeah. Um, especially contrasted with the next song in the album. Yes. Yeah, it, it it works hand in hand. Yeah, because it's like you can't be both, and like you kind of required to be both. Also, an interesting point is that this is the halfway point on the album. Is between pride and humble. Interesting. And yeah. I, well, you shouldn't have brought that up. <laughs> but the thing is that that pattern. That pattern plays off a little bit, like blood and DNA, like that. Those are connected, but like DNA and yeah, no, yeah and element, no, element and feel, no, yeah. loyalty and pride, not really, but like lust and love, oh boy, like yeah, that's banger, <laughs> yeah. banger, banger, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, pride is one, yeah, no, and. I mean, this is another one that I think puts the lyrics front and center. Right? And I think... Yeah, and I think in this one, I do think Kendrick is being more of a persona. Okay. As in, like, it's less about maybe something that he went through? No. No, now that I read the lyrics. Because, like, he kind of... He does have a bit of a voice on this one. But, no. Now that I read the lyrics, it sounds like it's coming from the perspective of, like, Kendrick Lamar. I can't think humble just because your ass is insecure. Love that line. Man. Man. That's, that, that's one of the deeper ones. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Let's, let's bounce. Let's did you know going. Steve? I'm sorry. Did you know Steve Lacey was in the chorus? I did not know that. I don't know who Steve Lacey is. Wow, okay, never mind. I'm going to put you on eventually. Who's different Steve, who's, different time. Though. Who's Steve Lacey? Um, another artist that I found. I don't know. He's got a couple really good songs. I, I, trust me, I, I'll put you on. I'll, oh. I'll recommend one of his songs. I'll put that as one of my recommendations. Actually. Okay. Sick. All right, let's get to Humble. But, uh, yeah, there we go, Humble. All right. Is this the biggest song on the album? I think so. I think so. This is definitely his biggest hit. And I love the irony of it, right? Because, like, Pride is very straightforward. Like, it's, it's called Pride. It's about Pride, right? And I think it's a very thoughtful and, like, pointed dissection into that emotion. But Humble's a contradiction. Because Humble's a brag song. But it's called Humble. Like... 
what what be going through this man? Like I don't even know. I don't know either. But you know, it's actually very interesting thinking about this. Is I remember this was the 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 video that kicked off the damn cycle. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is like in the video, there's a whole bunch of like technology that at the time was new. So to me, it is low-key kind of interesting that Kendrick Lamar seems to have an affinity for doing, bringing in new technology in interesting ways. Oh, yeah, that's a good way to... I didn't think about that. It's interesting where, like, because the song is titled Humble, and ideally this is supposed to be the counterpart to Pride, but this is, like you said, it's a flex song. He's telling... Which is insane to think about now. But he's literally telling other people to be humble. Yeah. As he's, like, flexing. Yeah. But, like, he's so good, though. Like, <laughs> He can say this. He, he is so good at this. He's so, he's so good at this. My God. And this is just another one where it's just, like, it's so, like, airtight. Every bar no wasted space i'm looking at like bro the way he ends <laughs> i was gonna point out like a lyric or two it'd be like this is one of my favorite lyrics and this is why you can't but no that's that's why is, that's why i've had to take song. out so many dead air in this because we're looking at the lyrics and it's just it like lo- uh pull up on the block then break it down we play in tetris what like Bro, like, I, I'm looking at how he closes the verse, too, where he's saying, watch my soul speak, you let the mad talk. If I kill a nigga, it won't be the alcohol. I'm the realest nigga I'll fall. The yeah. fact that he's saying that people don't even be, like, acting the way they do when they're sober? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, like, it's... He, he's coming. So many people have fake personas because, like, drug abuse, and this man's just like, nah, I'm sober, and I'm like this. Yeah, no, I'm not gonna change. <laughs> and I love this the the mint that shot in the video where he's like in the window and there's all like the laser sights on him. Man, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. good. He's like your best shot. He does. <laughs> oh, it man. is. It is kind of interesting that like it does just seem like he picked like these qualities, with one exception that we'll get to. But he just picked like these, like I like these very broad, borderline biblical like things. He just made songs about them, and he just encapsulates the the feelings of them perfectly. Oh yeah, oh yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Because whether he, even what, off of what you just said, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, like whether it's like being ironic with humble or not, like on lust. But go mm-hmm. say what you were saying. No, I was going to say, like you said, where the imagery, where he's sitting there with all the laser pointers shining, laser pointers shining at him, yeah. gun. Like, because I was doing research before, like, we did the podcast, and I was looking up some of the meanings around the songs, because we said, these, these do connect to verses. Yeah. And, like, one of the people was saying, like, James 4 and 7, the verse says, so humble yourself before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. This man is literally, like, saying you need to humble yourself before me. Like... <laughs> I don't know how he gets... I don't know how he... Who thinks of this? Like, I've said this before in other projects that we kind of discussed, but, like, 
what actually goes in this man's head is kind of scary. It's it's a lot. I mean, talk about raw creativity. Couldn't be me. <laughs> yeah. All right, but let's get back to to lust. Next song yes. in the album, and. Man, I love this one. This one is like one of the ones where he hits it dead on the dead on the the head. Right? There's no mm-hmm. irony, there's no anything. He be talking about some fucking like Yeah, no. This is this is actually like this could be a sex song low key. I'm pretty sure it is. Like yeah. Don't get me wrong, it, it it's definitely more about like the attitude than it mm-hmm. is like fucking but man, I, I I love this song, and I think the thing I like the most about it is just like the the music, like it definitely feels like he's kind of bringing back like that, the feel, like the vibes he had on To Pimp a Butterfly. Mm-hmm. You yep. know that this feels like, you know, bringing in that jazz, that soul, that funk kind of man. Okay. Yeah, I would say yeah, this is the lyrics. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Yeah. There there's no issues with it. I'm sorry. This is gonna be another guy. Yeah. Oh man. Just yeah. let me put But he does like yeah. at, but at the end it does like uh the bridge at the end does kind of invert it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think it's interesting how it plays off the dichotomy of like lust being something that it's like a three way tension, right? Because it's completely natural. It's like the most natural thing in the world. But in the biblical in the biblical sense, it's very much a sin. And like in any yes. kind of critical secular sense, it's certainly an emotion that, while natural, you want to rein in. Right? So, like, it feels like all those ideas are just, like, pulled together. Mm -hmm. You know? All into one. And and it's interesting, because he he does mention it on the bridge. It's another verse. He literally says it in the song. Yeah. Like, if if people don't listen to these lyrics, they will miss it. (laughs) People don't listen to his lyrics when they're very overt. Remember what we talked about? Right. (laughs) Yes, yes. Yes, this this is another example. Yeah. All right, now let's get to the next one. Let's get to love. Yeah. Right now, I I actually really do like this song. I, I think it's a very I think it's very sugary sweet, which is something that like you know I like to hear every once in a while. Like Kendrick's a very serious guy, so having these more upbeat and joyous songs. Uh, and this one like is very much like a classic love song. Like it's refreshing. I feel like it, 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 it it's punching above its weight class on the album. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because some of the topics in the song is actually, and again, we we've talked about how pride and humble plays together. Like lust and love play together, and he even mentions like. A lot of lyrics in the song can't fit within lust, but it's your intentions and how you think about it. Yeah. And that's what makes the difference. Yeah, because lust and love are intertwined, right? Right. Because it's like, you know... Like, you need a little bit of both in a relationship. 
relationship. I mean, it, you certainly need some combination. I wouldn't say a little bit of both, but like, <laughs> well, obviously, a, yes, you, a combination. You certainly need of both. both. Like that's the thing. Right? You, need you need a whole need, lot of both. Yeah, right? you need. You need uh, but one without the other is boring, and one without the other is destructive. Yes, exactly. But the lyrics can fit towards both loss and love, but it's the way he delivers it. Yeah, which is kind of interesting, because like, even in like the first verse, like you have like some lines that are very overtly sexual, but like the way they play out over the course of the verse, you can tell that they're not like shallow. You can tell that it's like it, it's playing with that with that tension between lust and love, which I I think that's probably the most interesting thing, right? Is that the way he he's balancing these ideas? They do seem to like stretch across the song. Yep, a hundred percent. Yeah. Also, so what do you think of the singer Zakari? Because I haven't seen him on anything since this. Um, Zakari. Yeah. The car is signed to TD, I'm pretty sure. That makes sense. Yeah, no, he's... Man, I'm going to sing you music on Zakari. I actually think... <clears throat> excuse me. I actually think I did the song 10 out of 10 as one of my recommendations. So I've actually mentioned Zakari on the podcast. Hmm. Um, he's very slept on. He doesn't have out a lot of music, so you're not going to find a lot if you go looking right now. Yeah. But it's all really, really good. And I actually just listened to it. The EP I had saved for him, it's it's pretty good. It, it's pretty good. All right. I well, feel like this could be an attempt to kind of bring up Sakari, but if people don't really know who it is, it can't really work. Well, speaking of interesting features, uh, <laughs> the next song in the album is uh, XXX. I don't, I genuinely have no idea, like, what this means. Like, how the title plays into the lyrics of the song. But, love the song. Oh, yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea if XXX means anything. Love the song. Great song. And, cold take, because everyone agrees with it. Like, I, I, the initial response of, like, you 2 like, on a, on a Kendrick Lamar song, very weird, but it, it worked. There is like no. It works. There is like literally zero, zero issues with it, in we, my opinion. Like we've I think discussed it, this. It is very difficult to mix genres, and uh, this man is yeah. someone that can do it. But this feels like, yes, I agree with that because like he certainly. It seems like you two came to play for Kendrick Lamar, not the other way around. <laughs> yeah. And I like how, I guess, like, like you can kind of say, like, every verse, like, gets more and more intense. But mm-hmm. I just, I, I just don't get the, what the, what the meaning is on this one. Gotta be honest. But, song's incredible. One of my favorites on the, on the track list. What I would say, this is, it certainly it seems, yeah, it certainly seems to be about violence. Oh, yeah. It, it's very, very, like, vibrant. Like, you can hear it in the music and the tone. This is one of the... This is a song that can also go on to Puppet Butterfly, in my opinion, because this is the most political song on the entire album. Like, this is the one song that's actually, like... People have done case studies on the song. You can actually look up research about, like, 
meanings on this song compared to like the other songs. Yeah. Where this is him actually talking about like America and its political state and how it affects like him and his community. Obviously, it's a banger. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's easy to, you know, kind of nod your head and vibe out to it. But I would say this is one of the deeper, or not deeper, but more meaningful, I would say, in terms of like fighting back for injustice. I, I agree. And like the injustice among the community. Mm-hmm. All right. So why don't we dive into fear? Just because, like, we talked a lot about this one, how he starts off with the bridge from his cousin. Mm-hmm. And then it really just talks about his, the fears he has. Like, it, I feel like we're just repeating what we said with the last song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I would say, we, we've discussed fears already, so we don't have to go too deep into it. Yeah. But this is... One of the more doper songs, in my opinion, just because of the structure of it. I agree. I I agree with that. Like, just, like, the structure of it all, the way it plays out. This is, like, the one song where, like, I think it's interesting, like, spoiler alert, I think, like, the whole backwards playthrough, I think it was kind of, like, people projecting and Kendrick, like, leaned into it. Like, I know, like, I question how intentional it was. But this right. this song is like to me the biggest evidence of like n- this was intentional. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, this, this is, is completely meaningful. Yeah, this is this is a this song is plot. This song is story. This is what sets it up. I, I think like in terms of tying to like that central idea, this one talks about fear in a way that is just so specific and unique. The, the song stands on its own as a listening experience. Yeah, I, I was going to say, to me personally, I've kind of talked about already why I love Fear so much, but Fear is the dying of thirst version of this album. Exactly. It's, it's almost cliche to say, but that's exactly what this is. Right. And it, it's very intentional. Like, if you want to learn about Kendrick Lamar and growing up in Compton, yeah. these, this is a song that you just press play and just listen. Yeah. Because it's literally how, how he grew up Fear is such a big element <laughs> yeah. in his life. You know, it changes as he gets older. Yeah. Now, my kind of, like, last word on this track, though, is as great as it is, because, like, this... I do not think this is a weak point on the album. I think this is one of the better songs. Mm-hmm. But if this shows up, like, while I'm driving my car, I'm probably going to hit skip. Like, this is, like... Just because, like, it's a lot. It's a, it's a lot to deal with. It, it's a lot. You know, which is interesting because, like, on the track list later, it's like there's another song that is equally as story focused, feels very similar to this, but I let it play every time. All right, Mm -hmm. let's talk about your favorite subject. (laughs) Okay. About the song God? God, yeah. Um, this is. A flex song, but in a better light. This is him kind of like patting himself on the shoulder, I feel like. Yeah. Well, I think this is more of like a... It's almost like hard to call it a flex song. It's almost like a celebration song. Because it's not... There you go. It's not exclusive. 
this feels a lot like wanting to celebrate your accomplishments with people. Look what we did. Yeah, <laughs> like it's, and I, I think the chorus is great. Yeah, no, this th- this is probably in my top tier songs on the album. I really, really like this song. So, are you coming to church, church tomorrow? What? No, I'm not going to church tomorrow. No. (laughs) Get this God shit away from me. Now, now tell me, what what do you think of this song? Because to me, I think, I do think this is one of the more on its surface talking about like a check in with Kendrick Lamar. Like, I don't think this song is as cryptic as Fear or Triple X. I think this is much more on his sleeve. This was a good break after having, like you said, XXX, Fear, back-to-back. This is a good break to, like, not calm down, but kind of wrap your head around, like, okay, this is something, like, positive. This is something that, like, you can, this is actually something, a celebratory song that you can actually celebrate. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, 100%. That's exactly how I feel about this. It's the kind of song that actually feels celebratory. Like, previously we discussed how Swimming Pools is a turned up song, but it's, not, yeah. it's a song about not drinking. But it's, it's about drinking. Like, but no, this is, this is a very straightforward song meant to be, like, uplifting. Totally agree. All right. Well, last song in the album. The final of the, the truest feeling. Okay. What do you want to say? I think that this is the thing I want to say is how I feel like this is one of the tracks on a song that's much more story focused. But I still think it just works. Like, it just, it, it's a song, especially recently. Like, probably is starting in like February. Title started serving me this song in my shuffles a lot. And yeah, I, uh, I, I love it. I love the, the storytelling of it. I love how it plays like a, it, it just plays as like an origin story of Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, I was about to say, this is one of the few songs that he's not doing a persona. He's not trying to represent a community or a lifestyle. This is one of the few times that like, it's, it's actually him. This is something that happened in his lifetime. And it kind of speaks about how, like, his father was almost shot. He could have grew yeah. up without a dad. Yeah. And so this is one of the few times that he actually is discussing where, like, look, the person that I'm signed to almost shot my dad. Yeah. <laughs> like, legit. And, and this is something that actually happened. And this is something that he, uh, like, he's close to this guy. Like, he's not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. It's an incredible story, and it's just this one. I feel like harkens back to like hip hop's roots, because this album feels very progressive. It feels very like trying to take rap in like a new direction. All of Kendrick's work has felt like that in a way. Uh, this mm-hmm. felt very old school hip hop. He always has this one. Yeah. Now. Obviously, you get to the very end of this this song, right? Mm-hmm. And you start, and it starts coming in reverse, like, <laughs> man, 
So, oh, I wanna... dude, I need to put this on my stem player and play it. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, we got. How have we not done this? Oh, so my question is, what what's your take on the the uh, the whole play the album in reverse? Thanks. Shout out to the fan that figured it out. Although, th- there is a lot hinting at it that we yeah. kind of mentioned. Like, this is obviously <laughs> in reverse. The beginning yeah. song, Blood, is an expansion of this, the yeah. end of this song. The music video, DNA, starts off with Yaya, even though it comes afterwards. Yeah. Um, shout out to that fan that pointed it out. See, This me- is the... Go ahead. So, like, when I first heard this, though, like, to me, I thought of it almost as, like, like a loop. Okay. Because, like, the last, last part is, like, he says, like, so I was taking a walk the other day. And then, like, mm-hmm. presumably, if you're listening to it, like, on its own, like, as an album, like, whether that's on CD or digital music service or something, it's just going to start at blood again. So that's how I originally heard it, but obviously, like with the section before it, it's meant to be heard in reverse. I mean, honestly, it could work both ways, which yeah. is probably intentional <laughs> from him because it is Kendrick Lamar. Uh, I think it's super dope that it can be played backwards and still have it's it'll still hold its own value because the songs are amazing, but it'll have a different message, I guess. Yeah, from top to bottom, there is supposed to be like kind of a story and. God, I wish I remember the interview. There was an interview that he actually explained, like, what's the difference between listening front to back yeah. or the other way. And it's supposed to be like, kind of like a story of kind of the boy excelling and being this, becoming a man. Yeah. And I, I think it's super dope. I, I don't think it has too deep of a meaning of the fact that it can be played backwards. I think it's yeah. unique and, and it kind of holds its own value, but it's not meant to be like some groundbreaking, like, God, he's he's the God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's totally fair. I think some people frame it that way. What? Uh that like, oh, this is so intentional and everything, and I just don't think that's the case. Oh man, we just talked about damn for an very hour and a half. Time. Yeah, wait, very long time. <laughs> so let's. Let's get to the big question then. Do you think it's a classic? Yeah, I'm gonna say yes. So yes, I understand that he has other classics that some people consider better. I don't think that should take away the fact that this is also a classic. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, that's that's the dichotomy, right? Is because like on its own merits. You gotta say yes, like this is a classic. Mm-hmm. The only thing is that, like, you could argue that the things this album does so well that make it a classic have been done better before by the same guy. So it, it's it's a it's a dichotomy, right? I think I'm gonna have mm-hmm. to just because Kendrick Lamar is still comparatively fairly young. Like, well, let's get a few more albums and we'll look we'll look back. Because, like, once again, like, even though this album's been out for a while, it, it could use some more time, I still think. Interesting of you to assume that Kendrick's going to drop more music. I do. I, 
I, I think the whole P, PG that PG Lang thing, I think that basically guarantees at least one more album after Miss Morale and the Big Steppers. Well, then actually, I have another question. Yeah. Because we discussed this last week. We talked about if Asheroad is gone. And that came out much more recent than that. Yeah. So we, I don't know if I can use the logic personally. I can't use the logic of it hasn't been out long enough. Well, the thing is that like, I, I consider Astroworld. Well, the thing is that like it's not. I'm not dismissing it because it hasn't been out long enough. I'm dismissing it because I want to see more of. Ken- I'm not dismissing it. I'm saying I want to see more right. of Kendrick's career, right? Like I really, and I do think Astroworld. Like uh, another thing I'm starting to think is that like it has to be either. Like I think that five years should come with the caveat of and a second. Pro, like a project after it that's really when you know yeah. now granted once again like this is a very soft subject so like there, there's shit like blonde which like the summer it dropped everyone knew it was a classic right there's shit like mm-hmm. to pimp a butterfly which was called a classic upon release <laughs> uh, and you know let's be real diver- deservingly so but yeah no I uh I just want to see how more of Kendrick Lamar's play, career pre- plays out. Yeah. That's, that's, that's my thing. Oh, my God. No arguments. That's the episode. Okay. I have one question. What's the question? Who do you want to see? Oh, on the new... In, in, in one hour, Brandon. It is 10 o'clock. Who do you want to see on this album? Yeah. This would be a perfect segue to recommendations. Yeah. Give me three. Give me three. Purvis, you have no idea how perfect of a segue this is into uh, <laughs> recommendations. Right? Because I got, I got a barn burner for you. So, oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the number one artist I want to see on this is very obvious. It's Killer Mike. Right? I feel like a killer Mike feature on a Kendrick Lamar album has been inevitable ever since Hood Politics. Ever since he said, like, you know, y'all say you miss when rapping was about rapping, but if that was true, then Killer Mike would go platinum. Like, ever since Kendrick said that on Tip Pimp a Butterfly, it's like, it has to happen. <laughs> it has. To. So, I'm going to recommend a song with Killer Mike on it for that reason. But, he's a feature. There's another feature, and there's the main artist. And these are the other two guys I want on this project. Okay. Because the song I'm <laughs> recommending is Pam Olive with Freddie Gibbs, Pusha T, and Killer wow. Mike. Like, wow. <laughs> wow. 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 Wait a minute. <laughs> Let me look up this song real quick. Yeah, it was on uh, either Bandana or Pinata. But it's Pam Olive, Freddie Gibbs featuring Pusha T and Killer Mike. And that's my answer. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I literally just set up like, all right, hold on. You literally, <laughs> you had no idea it. how well you set up <laughs> the transition. Into... My, my, my. Okay. Whew. So yeah, that's my answer. And then The weekend, Like, I've just been wanting... Kendrick has showed up on the weekend's projects before. I just would like to see. Okay. Um, now tell me yours. The ones you want to see on the, the project. Yeah, yeah. 
Number one. Because we were supposed to already get a collab album. Years ago. And it never happened. Before To Pimp a Butterfly. Years ago. Years ago. But um, I'm going to need J. Cole. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I'm going to need J. Cole. It, it, I'm going to be upset if he's not on it. It'll, it'll, it'd be great. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and deny the incredible, incredible fusion that could be J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar. Like that? That's number one. I, I would love it. Number two, Kid Cudi. Ooh. Um, I, I would really, really like some humming with this poetic justice. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Um, I, I would like it, Cuddy. A third one. I'm trying to think of someone that's that big, because like that would be obvious. I, I gotta think on that. I'm gonna hold off before I say anything. But those are the only two that like immediately I was like, I need these two. Yeah. I would love these two. Yeah. But um, sure. You did your first recommendation. Let me do my. Yeah, I did. I'm sorry, I could not keep that in the. No, yeah, that was perfect. Yeah, <laughs> that was really perfect. But I'll just because I kind of already talked about Steve Lacey. The first song I'll do is "See You, Girl." It's a single by Steve Lacey. Yeah. Um, he is an artist that's really, really. I'm trying to put a genre that I can fit him into. It's almost like indie, almost with a mix of rap. Okay. Really heavy with guitar. Okay. Really I'll have to um, listen to that. That's cool. First. All right, I'll go next. My next one is, uh, you know, it's a it's a big song, but I it's, it's one of my favorites, and it, it it's one of the songs where like the 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 beat switch reminds me of spring, so I've been listening to it a lot. Uh, it's New Slaves by Kanye West. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I love that that beat switch. I mean, it is really good. There's no argument at all. My second one, and you're going to laugh, is it's older. But uh, Sorry, Blame It On Me by Akon. I don't ask why. That's hilarious. But what I've is been this, a middle school it. dance? Dude, it's so good. You're not going to sit here and tell me it's not good. No, he's good. It's a good song. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's a good that's song. That's something I've been listening to. That's a good one. That's a good pick. All right, time for my last one? Yeah. All right, man, my last one. Uh, another song brings me back to... Uh, you know, another big turning point in my life when I was 18, graduating high school. Uh, brings me, it's uh, The Spins by Mac Miller. Ooh. Yeah. Good one. Yeah. That is a good one. Okay. Then um, I'll close this out. I don't think we've talked about this artist on the podcast. Ooh. But I went back and listened to Danny Brown. Oh. Yes, I know. I knew as soon as I said that. <laughs> Danny Brown's real yeah. fucking good, man. How long's it been? How long's it been since you listened to some Danny Brown, bro? Dude, it's, it's been a minute. 
Do features yep. <laughs> count? Do features count? Because if features count, yeah, sure, yeah, sure, sure. If features count yesterday, uh, really? Okay. Uh, it was three tears. It's a song. It was on his last album. It's actually his song, but I, I, it's on my Run the Jewels playlist because they're on it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. and I also buzz cut. I still listen to very often. Hey, nothing's wrong with that. Hey, no peace on like the street, so I'm holding my heat. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but um, I will say, it's been a very long time since I was listening to him, so I went back and listened to some Danny Brown. I was listening to Rolling Stone off of Trusty Exhibition or something like that. This is, yeah. It's really good. Wow. That's a good answer. I do yeah. love some Danny Brown, yeah. man. He's very talented. Who did we say earlier? There was somebody else we said that like we're just not gonna get to because of Kendrick. Trying to keep track, but there's two people that we said this week that like I'm eventually gonna have to listen to when we're done with this Kendrick face. I yeah, I don't know. But Danny Brown is definitely one. Yeah, Danny Brown is definitely one of them. Uh, my favorite rock band is also dropping an album, so we'll see if I get to that within the next week. Oh, really? What, what, what band is it? Oh, the Black Keys. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Yeah, they're dropping their album. Okay. Oh, all right, guys. Well, Merry Kendrick Eve to, to you all. We got an hour, bro. We got an hour. An hour. All right. Merry Kendrick Eve. And, and to all, <laughs> a, a, a bitch, don't be killing your vibe. Leave a Bible under your uh, chimney. Yeah, leave a Bible and a gun under your chimney so Kendrick can <laughs> meditate on the dichotomy those two forces have had upon him and his community. All right. Good night, everybody. There's something wrong with us. There's something wrong with us. <laughs>